It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, When the pain comes, it's all right. I can't complain, no. The sun's shining down on me, yeah. All right. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. Wednesday edition of Locked On Rams. That means crossover day. We've got Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears with us. We're going to be talking all about this matchup, more about Trubitsky and more about golf, these offensive lines, defensive lines, how they match up together. We're going to talk about some predictions. We're going to talk about the future of Mitch as well. A fully packed episode, an awesome one today as we are moving forward in this season. Five and four, looking for another win home at the Coliseum this Sunday. Don't forget to go give us a follow on social media, Lockdown Rams, all accounts. LA underscore Rambling Bears, the personal. You can find the show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Himalaya. You guys know that already, but I share it daily. You know it, just like the podcast, your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. But we have got a full show for you guys today. So with that, let's kick right into it. I'm Bear Mutter of Lockdown Rams. I'm joined by Lauren Cox of Lockdown Bears, and this is your lead story. Lauren, as you look at this game, it's two teams struggling coming into this matchup, and both are in really desperate need of a win. When you look at the matchup, Bears coming out here to Los Angeles, what are some of the keys to victory for the Bears, in your opinion? Well, I imagine some of the keys are going to be similar for the two teams, especially when you start at the all-important quarterback position. Both franchises maybe having some questions right now about the guy they have under center, just given their respective struggles in recent weeks. But last week against the Detroit Lions, Mitch Trubisky seemed to have his best performance of the season. Felt like he, I don't know if it's too early to say he turned a corner, but certainly put some things together in a way that just hadn't been there early on. So, so much of the Bears' ability to win this game is going to depend on how much they get from the quarterback position and and. There's some influence there by how well the offensive line will play around him, how long the or how well the running backs will be able to carry the load. Because I think the Bears know that their defense is going to give them a certain level of production week in and week out at this point. But that offense ranking near the bottom of the league, finally finding some life next week, but or last week. But uh, the Rams defense not necessarily the the most opportune group for the Bears to face, needing some more offensive resurgence. Is that fair to fair to say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a defense that last year under Wade Phillips was near the the bottom five in the league as far as rush defense and was middle of the pack as far as passing. This year, uh, I think statistically, they're almost, I think it's fourth after just a few other of those dominant defenses that we know out there. Their run defense has been incredible this year. Uh, You know, we even go back to that Niners game that we got basically sweeped out of the stadium in an embarrassing game, but they only gave up Uh, I think it was 60, 70 yards in that game. That was a team coming in averaging over 200 yards. Uh, This game that we just had in Pittsburgh, I think we only allowed 60 or 80 yards on the ground. So they've really been an improved unit. And it's funny because last year it was our offense carrying the load and our defense that needed to pick it up. And it was, and and this year it's, it's kind of flip flop. And right now we're needing our offense to pick it up. And you talked about 
Mitch Trubisky, well, you know, I feel your pain with some of those struggles because Jared Goff has been uh, average at best this year. Even when his line has protected him, um, he's looked uncomfortable at times and really kind of forcing the issue. But the turnovers have been a major part uh, in in what the Rams have done as far as being successful or not. So that's going to be another big thing is just taking care of the football in this game. But it is crazy to me with two teams that have struggled through the air that they consistently uh, find a way to continue to try to make that the leading part of their game plan. Is that, does that raise some questions to you that both of our coaches haven't leaned more on the running game and, and maybe coming to this matchup it may change a little bit? It's definitely been a qualm of Chicago Bears fans this season uh, with Matt Nagy, you know, and it's funny, again, the similarities with these teams where you have the sort of young, innovative head coach and yet franchise, you know, fans are sort of starting to question that dynamic between the, the quarterback and the coach and whose fault some of the struggles are. And, oh, well, if if the genius coach would run the ball a little bit more and, and do these different things to try and help their quarterback better, then maybe they would be able to get more production out of that position. But it was certainly a point of emphasis for the Bears this offseason to trade away Jordan Howard, draft David Montgomery and and sign. They had signed Mike Davis from the Seahawks. They just released him in order to gain a compensatory pick. It was more of a, a draft decision than a, a talent decision on that one. But clearly trying to upgrade the running back position, be more dynamic there and it has not been nearly uh, as big of a part of this offense as I think a lot of people were expecting. And Nagy likes to get away from the running game quite a bit, which doesn't necessarily put Mitchell Trubisky in, in an ideal situation. But it, it's sort of it's one of those things where and I'm guessing you're experiencing this with Sean McVay and, and, and Jared Goff, where you, you sort of want to give the coach the benefit of the doubt that he, he should know this quarterback better than <laughs> any of us on the outside. So. He, he, in theory, he knows what he's doing, and and he, he thinks you know he's got good reasoning behind it, right? Yeah, in theory, and really, I mean, let's be honest. If we sat in the in the room with these coaches, they would blow us out of the water with what they know about football. But it is kind of shocking to think when we sit here and watch it, you know, as covering the team and as fans, and you watch your one unit really struggle. And I think right now we're talking about that passing unit, and understand that you know in the Rams building we've got Todd Gurley, a guy who was an MVP candidate, you know, two of the last three years, and you know has had such dominant performances. And there's all that questions about his injury or not, and they keep saying no he's fine but not giving the ball then we go and draft a guy like Daryl Henderson a guy that we actually jumped up in front of the Bears in that third round to go make sure we got a guy like this Uh, we re-signed Malcolm Brown he had an offer sheet to the uh, Detroit Lions and said no we're keeping him so we're looking at this and say we got three guys that can carry the rock and yet we don't want to go to it and same with you know the Bears you go up and you draft a guy that you you know you trade away uh, Jordan Howard and you kind of figure out this running back room and you want to make it a part of what you're doing and then you don't and it's just kind of confusing especially when we've seen both quarterbacks struggle and you always hear you know one of the best friends of a struggling quarterback is a run game and for some reason both these coaches uh, whatever it may be, have not gone that direction, and we're going to have to see, uh, you know, if they can switch that around. And who's and it's kind of funny because I grew up in the Chicago area and spent some time out there. And who would have thought that the Chicago fans would be screaming for a running game? I mean, that was a town that uh, seemed like they were kind of uh, three yards in a cloud of dust, and that was it. They were looking for some exciting offense. They finally got it last year, Matt Nagy, and and really quickly they're going back to going, hey, we want that ground game again. <laughs> It's it's funny how that circles around all the way, and it's sort of, I think, more desperation for some sort of offensive success than anything else of just, hey, 
the, the passing game's not working. So give us that old stuff we used to really like because we'll, we'll take that. That's better than 29th ranked offense and nine yards in the first half two weeks ago. Yeah, that is crazy to watch, and and Jared Goff has struggled in this offense. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that coming up, more about this struggling offense and what we can expect on Sunday. But also, really, the big story of the game is the defense. These two defenses coming in, uh, they are being promoted as what is going to be the big show on Sunday. Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald are on the cover of the promo. So we're going to talk about those defenses. We're going to kind of finish up on the offense. We're going to look at some predictions. We're going to talk about it all here on Locked On Crossover Wednesday. We've got Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears. I am Bear Motter of Locked On Rams. We'll be right back right after this. Before we get over to the next segment, I want to talk to you guys about one of our awesome partners, Blue Chew. You guys know all about them. Blue Chew gives you that extra performance in the bedroom, whether you can perform or not. It's here to boost your performance. And looking at our last game in Pittsburgh, we left our Blue Chew at home, okay? Let's just face it right there. We got to figure out our shipping method to the Rams. There are a few guys on the team that had a great performance. Those guys being Aaron Donald, Clay Matthews, Dante Fowler, just to name a few on that defense that played great. But guys, share the blue chew. Give it to the rest of your team. We need to give it to that offensive line because they definitely need to stiffen up. But the best thing about Blue Chew is you can take it anytime, day or night, full stomach, empty stomach, a bunch of Gatorade, whatever it is. And the other great thing about Blue Chew is it is prescribed online and shipped directly to your door. So Coach McVay, you don't need to go to the pharmacy or the doctor's office and pick up 53 Blue Chews. Just have it delivered to the house or the Coliseum. We're going to need it this weekend versus the Bears. And the great thing is, for our Locked On listeners only, you get an awesome deal. You get to try it for free. All you have to do is go to bluechew.com. That is B-L-U-E, like the color blue, chew.com. Enter the promo code LOCKEDON and get your trial for free. Blue Chew is better, faster, and cheaper than any other option. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Did you guys have a long day at work today, tough day at school Stuck at the office still? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. DoorDash is an amazing app and connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering's easy. All you gotta do is open the DoorDash app, choose whatever you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite as well. With door-to-door delivery in 50 states and Canada, shout out to the neighbors up north, order your local go-to or choose from your favorite national restaurant chains like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners get $5 off their first order of 15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app. Promo code LOCKEDON. We'll be right back with more Lockdown Rams. When the rain falls, it's all right, right. When the pain comes, it's all right. I can't complain, no. The sun's shining down on me. All right, we are back. Second segment, crossover edition 
Uh, we've got Lauren Cox from Lockdown Bears. I am Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and we're chatting about this game. And, and it's funny, Lauren, I remember talking to you in the offseason, uh, and we talked about this game, and we talked about similarities in the Rams. And, and weirdly, we still have so many similarities in the teams, from the coaches to the young quarterbacks to the defenses. Uh, we thought that this was going to be almost a copycat year for the Bears kind of coming in and maybe making that deep playoff push like the Rams did last year. Uh, very similar things all around the board with these two teams. But yet, here we are coming into this game, and it's not a pretty matchup. It's not the 7-2 and two versus 7-2 and two we were looking at uh, in the preseason and, and in the offseason as we were kind of previewing this matchup. And it is what it is. So coming into this game, you know, what is, obviously a win is going to help a lot for either team, but, you know, what are some of the positives that we're looking from in this game to kind of just give us some hope to kind of get through the rest of the season? Well, the Bears need absolutely every win they can get to even remain in any playoff discussion, which is a, a very steep uphill battle when, you know, you talk about a team at four and five thus far. They really pretty much have to win out and, and get a lot of help to be able to squeeze in a wild card spot for a, a tough NFC playoff picture. And even though the Rams are above 500 and, you know, still sitting in a little bit of a better spot, it's still they're, they're going to need a similar amount of help. And it, it does feel like it is a pretty darn close to a must win game for both of these teams just because of how stacked this NFC playoff picture looks right now. So it's really uh, holding on to hope, holding on to everything. And, and at the very least, this is a game for the Bears where it's it is a you know, a playoff quality opponent. It is a team that is a a contending talent level team and being able to beat the Rams could be a, a an affirmation that this team is still worthy of the playoffs it is maybe good enough to be there, even if they weren't good enough earlier in the season. This is sort of the measuring stick of like, OK, is even if this team goes on a run, are they even good enough to do anything with it? And this this game will certainly tell the Bears that, you know, were they just beating up on a bad Rams team last week or was that four-game losing streak against better opponents a little bit more of what reality is for this season's team? Yeah, it's crazy. And I was talking to my brother yesterday. He lives out in Chicago. and He was on the podcast, and he described it as a play-out game. You know, not so much the play-in game, but whoever loses this is definitely out, right? I mean, you can't lose. I think we're both at this point, both teams that – you basically need to win every single game and maybe get some help along the way. But uh, the crazy thing is, typically when you are you have a record like this and a team like this, you start to go, all right, if it's not playoffs, then you start to peek ahead to the draft, right? Both these teams don't have first-round picks. You guys traded it away for Khalil Mack. We traded it away for Jalen Ramsey. So it's not even like we can you know, you know, know, say, okay, well, let's start tanking a little bit and get a better draft pick because someone else has our draft pick. So uh, you almost want to keep winning to kind of ruin their draft pick that you traded a little bit over. But that's the interesting thing about this team is the way that we've done it has gone through uh, talented players already in the league and not so much through the draft. So, you know, as you're looking ahead, it's a little frustrating to understand that, you know, hey, this is what it is. We're kind of stuck moving forward. As we talk about those, you know, kind of transition over to the defense here, the big story kind of coming into this, uh, the Bears have been a little banged up as of recent, have a couple guys that are out. Uh, the Rams are really dealing with that on the offense side of the ball with all the injuries. Um, but when you look at this defensive matchup, what excites you most about this on, you know, coming Sunday? Well, I think a lot of people have been waiting for Khalil Mack to get a little bit back into, I don't want to say back into form because I don't think he's been bad by any stretch of the word. He is still a, a dominant football player, play in and play out. 
but there's been some disappointment. He only has five and a half sacks through the first 10 games, which isn't too far off from where he was, but not quite as many of the big impact plays. Last year, there were a few more forced fumbles, an interception, a touchdown in there, and the opposing offenses have done a really good job of trying to neutralize him in in new and different ways and sending a lot of different bodies at him and, and different slide protections, different chips, and and it's largely worked to to a decent extent. And then I sort of see with this Rams team, you know, Rob Havenstein is is going to be out for this game, and they just lost the center Brian Allen, and it seems like there could be some vulnerability here on this Rams offensive line, particularly on that right side. I love Andrew Whitworth on the left side over there, but if they're going to let Khalil Mack kind of go to work against what I'm guessing will probably be a, a rookie, other options at the backup offensive tackle, that's that should have some dollar signs, I think, in the Bears' eyes for this defense and this pass rush to be, maybe have a, a pretty significant impact in this game. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is our big concern over here. You know, even if we had Rob Havenstein in there at right, um, you know, at right tackle, he's struggled a lot this year with any type of rush, whether it's power rush or outside or right through him. Uh, he's has plenty of holding penalties and, and that's really been the struggle for the Rams. So uh, it is a great matchup and this could, you know, you could see Khalil Mack kind of come out of it and, you know, put up some numbers because uh, Jared Goff has been eating sacks left and right and he's been having turnovers left and right. And we've got David Edwards who, you know, starting last game was actually in uh, at right guard, ended up sliding out to right tackle the week before in the two games previous. He was at left guard, so he's been all over the place. Uh, we are really not even sure how it's going to look as far as, you know, we think Austin Blythe is going to move from right guard into center. Austin Corbett, who we picked up in the trade a few weeks ago uh, when we traded Marcus Peters, and we also picked up uh, Austin Corbett from the Browns in that same day, that crazy day where we had three trades. Uh, he most likely will take on the left guard spot. But these are guys that haven't played together, uh, that haven't really been, you know, in those positions a lot. The one thing I will say in a positive note for the Rams is, you know, kind of listening to some of these guys talk is in the offseason and during the preseason, uh, Aaron Cromer, who's our offensive line coach, moved these guys around every single day. They were playing left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard. And really, in an interview in the offseason, he talked about he wants a lineman that can ideally play five positions on the offensive line. If you can't play center, great. You better play four positions. He's going to move you around. So hopefully, that's what we're kind of leaning on is that he... I don't want to say envision this, but he was preparing for this and kind of cross-trained these guys left and right. Uh, so hopefully they can kind of come in and just give Jared Goff a couple seconds back there. But again, going back to the run, you think that, you know, that would kind of help it out. But on our side, as we're looking at Aaron Donald, same thing. Five and a half sacks uh, has been a lot quieter from last year when he was kind of, you know, there were a couple games he had four sacks in a game and, and went jumping up into double digits really quick, kind of like Cleo Mack. It's been a little bit more quiet. But again, I think that's just like you're seeing with Cleo Mack. He's getting a lot of double teams, a lot of chips, a lot of, you know, we've even had screenshots and still shots of Aaron Donald having three and four people around him. It's insane. Uh, thankfully, we've had guys like Clay Matthews is, is coming back, you know, in his second game now, and he's really played well last week. And, and really, this season has been a bounce-back year for him, which has been awesome, allowing him to kind of roam and take on uh, not so much of the superstar role that he was kind of under the gun there in Green Bay, but now kind of just allowing him to go and make plays and, and be a secondary piece to guys like Aaron Donald, Dante Fowler, uh, Eric Weddle in the safety position. But uh, our defense is definitely picking up, and, and hopefully uh, that matchup versus Trubitsky, a 
again, a guy that, you know, has kind of had some errant throws at times. And you mentioned, you know, even having a great game last week in that first half, you know, 30 something yards or whatever you said, uh, you know, if you do that against the Rams defense, they're going to make you pay. And really this could come down to one of those defenses getting a score and then just playing some great defense. A low scoring game is what we expect. And we'll talk about that in the third segment, but uh, anything else that when you look at this game, as far as expectations for your offense or defense or something you have circled coming into this game? Well, in the same way that I look at Khalil Mack versus a potentially vulnerable right tackle situation and, and maybe interior offensive line situation for the Rams, I I have similar concerns with Aaron Donald going up against the Bears offensive line, which, of course, Aaron Donald is a concern for literally every offensive line in the NFL. But the Bears have a, a young, inexperienced right guard, Rashad Coward, who was he came into the NFL as a defensive lineman out of Old Dominion two seasons ago and has played offensive line for about two years now in, in his football career. So he's still very raw and still a work in progress. He's been about as good as you could expect for somebody in that situation, which is, you know, an average right guard, but an average right guard against Aaron Donald is not something I feel super comfortable with. And the bears just made a switch to move their center and left guard to flip positions between the two starters, moving Cody Whitehair back to center, sort of with the idea that he can help the younger right guard next to him, who's filling in for Kyle long, who's on injured reserve, but any combination of those interior players I know the Bears shut down Aaron Donald pretty well last year in this matchup and and did a good job of double teaming him and really giving him attention every single game, which I I wonder if their center move last week was sort of in anticipation of this matchup two weeks in advance. But I'm not confident in their ability to be able to capture lightning in a bottle twice with Aaron Donald getting in that bottle last year. I I don't know if that bottle is going to be able to hold him this year. Right. And as you look at, you know, kind of you're talking about that D-line, O-line matchup for both parties. Um, The one thing that's been strong, obviously, we've added Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. Troy Hills played pretty well on the other side. I think he's going to continue to get picked on and and us and Rams Nation are going to continue to probably pick on him a little bit, too, as we expect a lot on the other side, especially when we see Jalen Ramsey on on the one side. Even though Jalen Ramsey, since he's been here, hasn't been, you know, overwhelmingly uh, impressive in his three games. He's definitely, people are still going his way and he's allowing completions and yards and things like that. But you still expect a guy like that to kind of shake out of that. And, and the more he's around it, the better he will get with this unit. But looking at the bears, I mean, if you can't get to Jared Goff, which, you know, that's kind of been the MO for the O line right now for the, for the Rams is really protecting him. But if they find a way pr- to protect him, uh, what's the secondary looking like this year to try to slow down guys like Cooper Cup, who only had four targets last game and no catches? Uh, Robert Woods, who's kind of been the go-to, and then the tight end and Gerald Everett that we've been able to move the football with. So what's the secondary looking like for the Bears? And that was kind of the complementary unit last year to Khalil Mack and the pressure. So the turnovers haven't been there this year, and that was sort of expected to be where we might see defensive regression that it wasn't like their pass rush and, and it wasn't like Khalil Mack was going to all of a sudden become a bad player, but they just turnovers are the most unsustainable thing of all the success the Bears had last year. And sort of as expected, they just haven't quite been there. But in terms of everything else, it's largely the same secondary from last year in terms of production. You know, even even when the defense was so good last year, the they would still give up yards between the 20s. Kyle Fuller is a, a, a corner who plays off the line of scrimmage a decent amount a lot of free yards can be had there and he's going to give you your catches and he's going to give you some of those opportunities, but they certainly 
focus on the red zone, hold strong there. And on the other side, Prince of Mukamara, much more physical up at the line of scrimmage. So there, there are opportunities there for opposing offenses to move the ball. That, that was the case last year. It's, it's been the case this year. And they just haven't quite been as masked by all the turnovers that they've had. And in, in, at safety, Eddie Jackson hasn't been the, quite the Pro Bowl level player that he was last season. And they replaced safety Adrian Amos with haha Clinton Dix, which kind of gives them two guys that are more of the deep free, free safety type players. And so the Bears have played a little bit more too deep coverage, but they've also had to play both of them more in the box and in the slot than they might like to. But it's just because they can't keep them both deep, even though they want to keep them both deep as much as possible. So it's been an interesting dynamic there. It's not there's not like a glaring weakness, but there's not like a true shutdown guy the way you may get with a Jalen Ramsey. Well, both defenses had a pretty nice matchup this week. And, uh, you know, we've been, we'll talk about it all week as we look at this matchup and break it down on both podcasts, Lockdown Bears and Lockdown Rams. And they may surprise us and come out on Sunday night and, and kind of show out on a national, uh, televised, you know, audience. But that would be surprising probably to both of us, the defenses we expect to kind of show up and, and make some big plays, whether that's turnovers or three and outs or whatever it may be. Special teams may play a big role in this when you got a defense. Uh, two defensive units that kind of equal each other out and two offensive units that kind of equal each other out. It's either going to be a big play on the offense or that third unit in the special teams, whether that's on you know punt and kick returns or just execution of field goals, which I know we don't have to go into too deep uh, you know, with you guys on that because you've seen that obviously even again kind of rear its ugly head this season, uh, but for the most part been a lot better on your side. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, wrapping this thing up in the third segment. We're going to talk predictions, what we think is actually going to play out and how it's going to affect us the rest of the season. More coming up. Locked on crossover. Locked on Bears. Locked on Rams. Right after this. What's up, Rams Nation? Is this season stressing you out so far? You need to maybe blow off some steam. Well, I got an idea for you guys. Head down to Metro Infinity. That's 821 East Central, Monrovia, California. Just off the 210 in Monrovia. Check out their brand new multi-million dollar facility. And go drive a car. Metro Infinity is the number one volume dealer in California. Make sure to mention Locked On, and they're going to give you another $500 off of any car purchase. In fact, right now, you can get a 2019 Q50 Luxury with $1,500 down is $350 tax included. And these guys are awesome. Make sure to ask for Billy Adams when you go in there. That's my man. They take pride in not being your typical car dealer where it takes hours to buy a car and they play these back and forth games. And they are all about building that luxury car buying experience. If you can't make it into a dealership or you just don't want to go, they'll bring the contract to your house, your work. They'll meet you at the grocery store. Heck, whatever you want, they are there to make you happy. Again, they're the only car dealer in California that's family owned and it has been in business for over 25 years. So just go check them out you can reach them at 626-599-7510 or go to metroinfinity.com and see for yourselves again it's 821 east central avenue in monrovia just off the 210 in monrovia it's all right i can't complain no the sun's shining down on me yeah all right right when the rain falls the suns rise in orlando but their playoff hopes set in the west from our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trail Blazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back, third and final segment, Wednesday crossover edition. Uh, probably one of my favorite editions, always having a great opportunity to talk with hosts around the country representing other teams. And I uh, want to give you a big shout out real quick. Lauren does an amazing job uh, with Lockdown Bears and make sure to go give him a follow. Lauren, what is your Twitter handle? Where can everyone find uh, all of your content at? Yeah, I am on Twitter at Cox Sports One. It's like Fox Sports One with a C. And of course, on Twitter at Lockdown Bears as well for more of that. Awesome. And you can find me at LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter, as well as Lockdown Rams, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those accounts. Uh, we always enjoy interacting with all of you guys, whether it's comments or uh, just having you guys ask questions for the podcast. And make sure to go leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts in Himalaya. That's where you can find the podcast. Hit the subscribe button, share with a friend. Uh, we are going to be doing this five days a week, your team every day, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. You guys know the deal. Uh, but as we get back to this game here on Sunday, the primetime game under the lights in Los Angeles, it should be a good crowd. But like Los Angeles, we're going to have some Bears fans out there. And you know, I'm curious with the way the team is playing, if you expect less of a crowd or the same crowd that would be here. Um, your thoughts kind of on what the atmosphere is going to be like in the Coliseum on Sunday. Bears fans seem to be able to travel no matter what they seem to. And especially, I think, with a a Los Angeles Coliseum that has had some of that trouble with, you know, keeping fans particularly engaged and entertained and filling those seats. So I would expect quite a a strong Chicago presence, even if even in the face of a struggling season. I do think the win last week against the Lions, snapping a losing streak and reinvigorating some of that faith in Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy. I think it should get the Bears fans coming out in in pretty good numbers, even on the West Coast. Well, if either of you guys are, you know, Bears fans, Rams fans, and I encourage Rams fans here, but um, tickets right now have dropped over $45 in the past couple weeks. I was looking at it, and it was about $100 get-in price. Uh, Right now, it's at about a $65 get-in price to the stadium. I'm sure even closer to the game, those may drop even a little bit more. Like you mentioned, it's a big stadium, and uh, we you know, have had some issues in the past as far as... I think we've gotten it under control where we kind of own our own stadium, not like the Chargers where you see them getting taken over. Uh, but when it gets loud, when the other team, we saw with the Niners when they were here in town, that when that other uh, team starts performing well, especially when they were kicking our butt up and down the field, it was really, really loud for the opposing team. And uh, we talked yesterday and we said it might be one of the first occasions where you know you have a whatever percentage crowd, whether it's 30, 40% Bears fans, but both both sides of the fans may be booing off the offense early in this game, uh, and that might be the first time I've ever seen both sides booing against both offenses. So 
Uh, we'll have to see. These guys are going to have to step up and, and make some plays, and they know that they are under the microscope. Obviously, uh, we talked about it yesterday, but Mitch kind of said that he wanted the TVs turned off in Hallis Hall because he was tired of hearing the criticism. Um, you know, Jared Goff has has stood a little bit stronger under the criticism and, and kind of gets back to, you know, he's under Sean McVay. So he's saying very Sean McVay-isms of, you know, we got to get better each day at a time and, you know, focusing on the little things and believing in ourselves and together and all that stuff that, you know, we're used to hearing. But it kind of starts to sound like, you know, blah, blah, blah at this point. So when you look at this matchup coming in, um, what are your true expectations and how do you think this thing might play out on Sunday? I have low expectations for the Bears offense against this Rams defense that I feel like the only times we've seen this Bears offense really put things all together was last week against the Lions and then I believe week three against Washington, which were two of the worst defenses in the NFL and particularly defenses that weren't challenging Mitchell Trubisky from uh, a reading standpoint and from a disguise standpoint that the Lions in particular, a heavy man coverage defense that did, didn't, you know, Trubisky can just sort of see an open receiver and throw it and not have to think, okay, it's zone coverage, which zone coverage, where are these good defenders supposed to be when they're in zone coverage? When they're in man, it's just, okay, that, that the guy next to my receiver is the one defending him. So I know there's going to be space elsewhere on the field. And I don't think Wade Phillips is going to let Mitchell Trubisky have it quite so easy. <laughs> he's, right. he's not to give young quarterbacks too many easy options. So I think between uh, a Rams front seven that I think can give this Bears this Bears offensive line some trouble, I, I don't trust Aaron Donald versus this Bears interior, and I don't trust uh, Wade, uh, Wade Phillips giving too many uh, obvious options for Mitchell Trubisky. Plus, Jalen Ramsey might be able to kind of lock down Allen Robinson a little bit here and there and take away some of what they want to do there, which is always Mitchell Trubisky's go-to. And I, I just have some doubts about Trubisky being able to get things going against this this Rams defense. So then, like you were saying, I think it would take a defense, a big turnover, a pick six, a fumble recovery, a punch, kickoff return, touchdown, something like that. I think would have to take place for the Bears to be able to swing this game their way. Yeah, and I, I kind of expecting somewhat of the similar, right? My expectations, just like you, are extremely low for this offense. But we've seen in the in two weeks prior to this game that you know the Rams just played the Steelers that they were able to move the football when protecting Goff. But with the line that we have and the injuries and the young guys and then going up against some of these tough defenders and the Bears on that D-line, uh, it really starts to get to wonder how is Sean McVay going to adapt. And we haven't seen him adapt very well early on when they've been struggling. I think it's, we got to get to the ground game a lot more and early. We started last game, uh, seven of our first 10 plays were runs, and then we just went away from it completely. Sean McVay kind of says like, well, I, I did that. I, I committed to the run. Now I'm going to go back to what I want to do and just pass, pass, pass. Um, we've seen a lot from Nagy as well, where he kind of seems like he's getting away from what he truly wants his game plan to be and then just kind of air it out even when airing it out isn't working. So uh, I think McVay is going to have to kind of stick to his game plan a little bit better this game, whether that's quick screens or quick slants or draw plays, those type of things to kind of mix it up. Rolling Jared Goff out and moving him away from Cleo Mack I think is going to be important. Uh, so we'll see what they do offensively. I want to ask you one more question about your quarterback before we get into true predictions here. But um, the one thing about you guys when you look at this, Mitch isn't signed long term, right? You guys still have some wiggle room to get out and just kind of call it. Oops, our bad. We went up and drafted him. We traded away some picks to get him, but uh, we're not going to commit to him. Uh, Jared Goff and the Rams are committed. $110 million guaranteed. Uh, they made that happen this offseason. Do you see Mitch in a Bears uniform much longer, or do you think another quarterback's coming into town pretty soon? 
So I think they're going to give Mitchell Trubisky this this final end of the season. I, I don't. I really don't think they've made a decision yet on what they want to do with him long term. And I think how he performs against defenses like this are going to make that decision for the Bears. And the Lions game last week was sort of the the first glimmer of hope for him to be able to be a long-term option here. But I do think the Bears might be keeping an eye on what happens with Jared Goff and the Rams too. Just sort of a, is this a, 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 a sort of a warning and a lesson of what not to do? Or, you know, if Goff turns it around as this season goes on and the Rams are able to hold some things, is that a signal to the Bears that maybe more patience is exactly what they need. I'm of the opinion that, you know, we've seen now we're in the third season of Mitchell Trubisky, albeit two different offenses and and only his second year in Matt Nagy. I think we know what he is at this point, and he's not going to be a game changing top tier quarterback that you can really, you know, carry to a a Super Bowl. He's, he's going to be limited to a certain extent. And I would like to see them transition to another quarterback in the very near future. But I, there's always that ego with coaches and, and general managers and scouts that want to be right about the guys that they brought in. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on it a little bit, but I also think the, the worst Jared Goff plays moving forward, the lower Mitchell Trubisky's chances are of getting a similar deal. Yeah, yeah, I think it's been kind of a – and same with our running back. I mean, we did two deals that probably have kind of uh, helped the rest of the NFL understand maybe what not to do. I think the Todd Gurley deal will hurt us a little bit more than a Jared Goff deal, and people may be shaking their head because of the money. But I think Jared Goff actually has an opportunity to turn around and still be a really good quarterback. We saw him in the last couple of years – uh, be able to win some ball games, make some great throws. He could throw the ball down the field uh, with some accuracy. He's just not having more than 0.5 seconds to throw the ball. So uh, he's been playing piss poor. Don't get that wrong. He's played really bad this year. Uh, but I think there still is hope for him turning around. I'm just curious with what's going on with Gurley and the knee. And, and they, we haven't gotten a clear answer. And they don't give him the ball. There was this whole quote-unquote game plan coming into the season and we thought at some point especially when we needed them like last week when we needed some sort of offensive movement that they'd kind of turn on the Jets and say all right now it's time to you know kick them into gear but that wasn't the case so uh, maybe there's more than we actually really believe which I've kind of been on the side of he's healthy but uh, those are still questions unanswered. Uh, we'll wrap this thing up here with predictions thoughts on how this is going to be win-loss score prediction if you're feeling it uh, thoughts for Sunday. I think it's been, we'll be going on 11, so I guess there were only, with a bye week, 10 straight weeks of games where, for the Bears, where it's going to be a low-scoring, ugly game. And, and they haven't all turned out to be low-scoring and ugly, but uh, the majority of them have been. I guess Washington, you know, the Bears won and we're okay in that, and the Rams game ended up being a little bit higher scoring than we expected. But otherwise, it's been a lot of low-scoring, ugly game for the Bears, and lo and behold, another low-scoring, ugly game seems to kind of be in the cards this one against, I think, a Rams team that's also expecting another low-scoring, ugly game. So I think for the 10th week in a row, I'm anticipating a score where both teams are under 20, but the final margin is within a touchdown. So, you know, anywhere from, you know, 20 to 13, 20 to 14, 17, 14. But I do feel like the the Rams are, are just slightly in a better position here. I mean, of course, they have the better record, but I feel like they've also, their losses haven't been as bad and to as bad teams and we've seen them play a lot better more recently than we've seen the bears so i'm i'm gonna give the rams this one and they get they get a couple touchdowns and it's not pretty from jared goff it's not pretty from mitchell trubisky but in the end the bears come up just a little bit short 
yeah, I hope you guys like defense because, you know, that's what we're expecting on this Sunday night. And I think you're right. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I've been living in the 30s and even early in the season going up into the 40s with the Rams offense that I was kind of still dreaming about from last year. But I think I've woke at this point and understand that uh, that's not our team. That's not our offense. We're now a defensive minded team with a struggling offense and uh, just trying to get points is going to be. Uh, the biggest challenge last week, we only mustered up three points via the offense. So um, I still think with this matchup, I think they're going to shake it off a little bit. I think they're, I mean, my hope is that Sean McVay gets a little creative in the play calling with what we have at the O-line. Um, I see it very similar to you, 17-13, 20-13. I think that kind of is where it's going to be. I think the Rams will be able to pull this thing off. Uh, they are in a little bit more of desperation mode as far as still having uh, a view at the playoffs. I think it's still available for the Bears, too, if they win out. But I think uh, just understanding uh, where these t- t- two teams are coming into this game, I think it, the, the edge goes to the Rams here. So I'm with you. Um, I'll put it as 2013, just as uh, my hopes of seeing a, a few more points in this game. Uh, but either way, uh, it's Sunday night football. You got to enjoy when your team is in prime time, whether they've been awesome or not. You never know. We saw even a couple weeks ago the Miami Dolphins take the Steelers in the first half and really keep that game competitive. So hopefully uh, we see a good game on Sunday night. Uh, Lauren, I appreciate you coming and joining us here on the crossover edition. Always look forward to talking to you again. I would say hopefully we could talk later on when we're talking playoffs, but I don't know if that's the case for us too. So uh, we'll get together maybe when the playoffs are going and and maybe into that offseason talk about what is next for these two teams. But always appreciate it, my man. Uh, Take it easy and look forward to talking to you next time. It's always a blast. Like you said, these lockdown crossovers are great to sort of get that perspective from the other team. So appreciate you taking the time to do it. With that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. On fire, NBA jam for the record. Sending praises higher. This is who I am for the record. When the Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no nonsense, straight to the point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.